Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God our Father and from that Lamb who reigns upon the throne for each of us here tonight. In the Prado Museum in Madrid, Spain, uh, there is a piece of artwork that is there. It's a stunning masterpiece from the 17th century that was painted by a Spanish artist named Francisco de Zuberon. He painted it over the course of about uh, five years, from 1635 to 1640, and he named this famous work the Angus Dei, which of course in Latin means the Lamb of God. Look at this painting with me tonight. Here it is for you to be able to see. This simple woolly lamb who lays on his side. Uh, It's difficult to see. He rests upon this gray slab. Uh, His left eye, the only one that we can see, is just barely open. It has these little eyelashes in the picture. Uh, It looks down upon his nose onto that gray slab. And he just kind of sits there, his horns, his wool, and all. There's something maybe that stands out to you In this pain, it stood out to me the very first time I saw it, uh, the feet of the lamb. They're obviously tied together, it seems, with like two pieces of cord or some type of of rope. The knot, uh, not visible for us to be able to see. That lamb just sits there, almost waiting. There's no blood present in the painting at this time. But as you look at it, there seems to be this this morbid feeling that's there, this mild foreshadowing of a death that is is yet to come. You know, most paintings in the 17th century didn't have uh, much feeling or emotion to go with them, very, very still. Yet there's an emotion that's broadcast from the artist's to you tonight, uh, this lamb that sits there in, in resignation, he isn't, he isn't struggling, he's not trying to free himself, you don't see legs kicking up in the air, you don't see a mouth that is open screaming, all you see is a lamb that is ready to die. There's a light that shines down and cascades from the left-hand side of the painting. Only a little shadow is thrown, kind of this pool of light that bathes this lamb. And then all around you have this darkness, this very, very, very dark masquerade. If you were here with us last night for our Monday, Thursday service, or any time over the past Uh, Six to seven weeks, we've been walking through this book of Exodus together, in which God takes his people and takes them, uh, allowing them to have freedom from slavery with the promise of going to his promised land. And tonight we continue with that theme, being able to explore Exodus 12, which is all about the Lamb, the Lamb of God. Review that scripture passage with me today, uh, beginning in Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 and 5. The Lord says, Tell the whole community of Israel 
that on the 10th day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Interesting descriptors that are there from God. This Passover lamb for the people. It must be male. It must be perfect. It can't be crippled in any way. It cannot be lame. It cannot even be spotted. Uh, even the coat of the animal cannot be off color. It has to be just right. It has to be just perfect. After choosing the lamb, the people are actually to take that lamb into their possession and to take care of it for the period of about three days until the 14th day of the month comes. And at that moment, the entire community comes together. As our community has come together tonight, at a time just like this, at, at twilight, darkness is approaching, and it's time. The lamb is, is slaughtered. The lamb is put to death. What's next? Exodus 12, verse 7. It says, Then they are to take some of the blood and to put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. And that is it, the, the blood of the lamb that will set the people free. Uh, free from darkness, free from slavery, and free from death in Egypt. Look at it again. The Agnes Day. Look at that, that black background that serves to be able to highlight that, that white precious wool of that lamb, this perfect lamb that lays there without defect. That dark background, though, does, does something else as we look at it. It highlights the reason why this lamb has to be slaughtered. Luther famously called it the invercatus inse. It is the, the Latin phrase that's translated equates to turning in on oneself. In our darkness, that's what we like to do. We like to turn in on our own self, our own interests, our own desires, our own needs, our own wants, our own agendas. For ourselves, we'll call it individualism, that this is me being a a person. It's a good thing. And others, maybe we'll point it out and we'll call it something different. We'll call it narcissism. We'll call it selfishness. But whatever we call it, whatever view we choose to be able to gaze upon it, uh, call it what it is. When we are constantly looking in on ourselves to put ourselves first, it's, it's sin. That's the darkness that exists here tonight. And it is dark. Sin is, is very, very dark. We feel that if we want to turn ourselves to to God or to others, it's too risky. We want to stay inside in this great fetal position. If I turn to somebody else, uh, you might upset me. If I turn to somebody else, in fact, uh, you might frustrate me. If you turn to somebody else, maybe they will not agree with you. And maybe the same thing can even happen with God. But we do it over and over again, this tight, inner way, looking upon ourselves, an element that leads to isolation, to disconnectedness, to despair. When we constantly turn in 
on ourselves. It seduces us, sin that is. Sin traps us. And eventually, that sin kills us. Have you ever seen somebody sitting in a gallery looking at a painting? Maybe even in a movie. Somebody who's sitting on a bench just gazing into a painting. Possibly dreaming for a moment where they could just enter into its brush strokes just for a moment. Maybe to take a walk in the starry night of Vincent van Gogh. Maybe to be able to have a conversation with the Mona Lisa from Leonardo da Vinci and be able to to see what is she thinking in this moment. What would you do if you could enter into the brushstrokes of De Zuberon's masterpiece, The Agnes Day? The impulse for me, and maybe for you too, is to untie this lamb. This lamb that that sits there, so innocent, looking to be able to to die. I want to let him loose. I want to set him free. He seems so kind. He seems so loving. He definitely doesn't seem like he deserves to die. But there's a problem. You see, the, the artist left the knot out of this picture for a very specific reason. For a message to be given to me and to you. You see, the knot was left out for the purpose showing that this lamb cannot be freed. There's nothing that that we can do for this innocent piece of creation. The lamb must be slaughtered because this lamb's blood is what sets us free. We hear that in the story of Exodus from our Lord, from Exodus 12, verse 13. It says, The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. The blood sets everyone free. Do you remember the story of blood shared within Scripture, the story of blood that's present in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember, Jesus is there in such agony as he goes to the Lord and he hopes that something can be done to change and alter this situation. And he is so stressed out that sweat falls from his pores like great drops of blood. Move forward. You remember when when Jesus is arrested and the guards take him and they they blindfold him and they begin to, to, to beat him, to punch him in the face. I can only assume that the blood that must have flowed from his from his lips and from his eyes. What about when they took the crown of thorns and and smash it? down upon his, his skull. As his head is penetrated, I can only assume that, that his, his forehead begins to bleed, that his scalp is cut, the sharp points that are digging in behind his ears as he bleeds further and further. 
We follow him on this trip to Golgotha, the place of the, the skull, and it continues. Our Savior is stripped naked. He's, he's whipped without mercy. And his blood continues now to flow from his back and from his, his sides. They make him carry his own cross piece, as weak as he is, down this place called the Way of Sorrow, splintery upon his shoulders. And again, the cuts are there as, as he bleeds further and further and further. Finally, he gets to that, that last destination. The guards decide to do what is coming next, and they pull out those, those three nails and they put them in his hands and into his feet, one at a time. As his hands bleed, as his feet bleed, as he's lifted upon that cross for us, one more is left. The spear comes out from the Roman guards. One final thrust upon his side. And we hear about this delivery of blood that is furnished onto the canvas of our text today. And our poor lamb, in the end, in the very end, Blood is, is all that he has. His disciples have deserted him. His garments have been gambled away. Even his father turns his back. But on this Good Friday, we gaze upon this masterpiece of our Lord. The one which that light illuminates we see our sin. We see our Savior, the Lamb of God who gave himself up for the sins of the world. And in the end, enter this with me, all our Savior has is that blood. But the good news is that in the end, we remember all we truly need is the blood of our Savior. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we gather here this evening, we ask that your spirit uh, makes sense of these things that maybe sometimes our world calls uh, foolishness or has yet to be able to understand. The message of a God that becomes man so that he can die for his people, it seems ridiculous to us. But it's the truth. It's a special intimate gathering that you have brought us together tonight to be able to hear from, to be able to recognize, and to be able to have your word do work within us. And so do that for us, Lord. Allow us to know the benefit and the strength that we have of an evening like tonight, that we are able to come together and know what a good Friday truly is because of what your son has done for us. We praise you and thank you for this lamb. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.